The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Oh, what a delightful episode of UFC Unfiltered. We have my set, my set, my, myself and Matt. Welcome uh, podcaster and documentary maker Andrew Jenks, who has a brand new podcast coming out. We also have Duke Rubis on the phone and Leota Machida for the first time. So stick around or don't. That's up to you. Shaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he heard him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Do you know what I didn't realize the other day? What? And I got a nice tweet from John Anik thanking us for having him on. I didn't realize we hear his voice every day on the intro. Oh, yeah. We had the guy. Yeah. We should have asked him to do his line. I didn't I didn't get a thank I didn't get a, a thank you. Well you're not on Twitter. He might have I mentioned you. I think he did. I don't think he mentioned me. Here's what I don't know. This Why? Dude, it's not me. It's the fucking mic. You think it's me every day. What's your you fuck is me? Well, the thing, look at this. I, it's going in. It's going but out. I didn't say it was you. It's going left. It's going right. But no one's thinking about that. I didn't know it was you. Well, I can't hear shit. It's no. your ear. It, no, it's not my fucking ear. These I'm sorry, Jim, I didn't good. mean to yell at you. you me. Look, look at this. It's not... Chris, yeah, it's going in come and out. on the side of the fucking room. It's going in and out. Because Chris, you know why? Chris, how do you explain it to Chris? Chris, picture your buttocks and what a penis does. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Oh, I, I mean, what the fuck's the matter well, with this? Well, because I took the. Here, I'll try. Oh, now. Oh, oh, all right. Now someone accepts Suddenly I'm not such a special person. Well, I got coffee all over the place. Special as in, you know. Yeah. Uh, silly goose. Yeah. Here, I'm going to switch this out. All right. Because okay. this is the problem, it seems like the other day. Perfect. Yeah, right now. We have uh, three guests t- today. That? I'll begin right. promoting That's them. a lot better. Okay. We have Duke Rufus better. calling in. Right. We have uh, Leona Machida calling in, who we've never spoken to. And Andrew Jenks Ooh. is going to come in. He's actually in the building. He'll be in very, very shortly. Andrew uh, is a documentary filmmaker. And Chris basically uh, bullied us because Chris produces his new podcast. <laughs> However, this new podcast that Andrew is the uh, the voice of, I believe, uh, or the oh, investigative yeah, he writes reporter. It, he does the whole oh, thing. Oh, he does all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems fascinating, and it's a great idea for a podcast, and it kind of makes me sick that I didn't think of it. What? Like, it annoys me that I didn't think of it. It's a great idea for a podcast. What is the idea? I don't want to say. Oh, we, all oh, right, I'll gonna, tell you. No, 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 don't say nothing. No, no, I'll say He it. can say it. No, I'll say oh, it. Oh, you want to say it? It's called What Really Happened. Oh. And it's about, uh, it's executive produced uh, by Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, and um, it, it's about uh, examines and contextualizes famous figures and historical events, and they try to Ooh. get into what really happened. I'm guessing separating legend from fact. That's my opinion. Uh, yes. I, right? Yes, generally that's correct. Yeah. Okay, so well, do you want to bring him in? And we also, again, we have Leota calling in, and we have Duke Rufus. Now, he has worked 
Andrew knows uh, Anthony Pettis, and has and I'm sure he knows Duke as well. Absolutely. So yeah. we'll have those what, guys chit chatting. What, what was the show he did on MTV a while back? It's called World of Jenks. World. Of, I remember that when you it do. came out. That's what MTV was. MTV. Now MTV. You know who really cares? I don't watch that shit. You watch MTV anymore? No, I do not. It used at to be all. so popular. Well, you know what it was. Well, I, it was music videos. But it was also, I remember <laughs> when I was a kid um, playing, um, uh, Greg Fioravanti, his name was, a good buddy of mine, and yeah. I was in like fifth or seventh grade, and his dad was one of the pioneering presidents of MTV. He's Ooh. one of the founders. Um, I know the guy who founded MTV, Tom Freston. He's very close friends with my manager, yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, he's a genius. Tom's a genius. He worked for... Uh, I guess he was the, the the creator of MTV or one of the early creators, and then he went on to almost run Viacom. Yeah, they and they fuck. He they were gonna buy MySpace. Okay, and I believe he said no, don't do it. They wanted to spend hundreds of millions of dollars, and he talked them out of it. Wow. And I think they were pissed that he didn't buy it, and then fucking Rupert Murdoch bought it, and then wound up selling it for thirty five million to get out it. Like lost hundreds of millions. Right. That's me. Yeah, MySpace. So Tom's a smart dude. <laughs> I'm gonna grab Jenks. Yeah, 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 yeah go grab your Captain Jenks from the Howard Stern show. Oh no, wrong guy. Everybody thought that my that MySpace was it just the Facebook came and just destroyed it. Yeah, I think Facebook got more popular. I mean, I remember visiting Canada and they're like, "Oh, forget that MySpace, get on Facebook." Here's why. That's the first time I heard about it. Well, here's why Facebook took off because guys in our age group connected with old classmates. MySpace was a lot of younger people, and I think younger people get bored of shit and then they get the new thing, Snapchat, or they get Twitter, whatever is newer and faster. But older people like, nah, you know what? I haven't seen Lori since I, I, what did I do? Since I ate her ass in the Buick back yes! in as a junior. Yes! Oh, wait, I did the wrong clap. I almost did the wrong clap. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I, you know, since I went down on her. Yes! Oh, this is oh, this is definitely That was convenient. the property. How are you, Andrew? You Hi, doing? Andrew. Nice Andrew's coming you. in. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, you too. We nice. said hello before, but we didn't really talk. And just make sure you stay on that mic. So we mentioned... What your podcast is, and I, it annoys me a lot because it's a great idea, and, I, and I, I hate I hate when I hear fucking brilliant ideas that I have nothing to do with. Um, it's it what what uh, it's called. What really happened? And it's one of those things where you're covering historical events, and uh, I, there's so much bullshit that goes into, you know what I mean? Historical events. Correct. Um, what was the What was the event that made you go? All right, I want to do this. So in 1981, uh, Muhammad Ali saved a guy from committing suicide. And I saw it on in a tweet, and I thought, man, I've done a couple of ESPN 30 for 30s. Uh, I love sports. Never heard about this before. So just wanted to learn more. Started to Google it. And all of the different uh, information that was coming up seemed like they were just regurgitated facts from a previous article written right. 25 years ago. <laughs> like this one article creates a narrative, and everybody just kind of picks Everyone just picks yeah. apart. So it's like you go to the Googles, and I say this, and like – in the podcast, you go to the 20th page on, on Google search and it's still pretty much the same basic sure. info. And then I realized it was all going back to this one paper called the weekly world news, which is a tabloid magazine about, sure. you know, uh, Bill Clinton's three breasted woman intern that he's in the, you know, this That's whole right. kind of, and they print this stuff. Other people are afraid to print, uh, and so in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> and, um, and in fact, a lot of, most of their facts is what was used uh, moving forward in you know all publications that we're all well aware of. So this was about three years ago, and I then started to just ask simple. I, I didn't think it was. I didn't know what to make of it, 
And uh, that's how it all started. And then I started talking to Dwayne Johnson's company and people at Cadence 13. And we thought, well, what if this was every episode was a different example of this where sure. we see something and it's not we don't go down conspiracy theories or sure. conspiracy lane. It's more of just asking fact oriented questions to sort out what really happened. It's almost like a Snopes podcast in a way where you're, you're getting is this bullshit. Or I this like really that line. Happened? I'm going to yeah. start using that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Snopes a good way to, colon the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Maybe do they sponsor it? Maybe they would be a good. Uh, that's good. Sure, I you're I getting like to that. the bottom of the crap. And yeah. there's so many myths and things that come with these historical and, when, and conspiracy theories. Look, you can you can go down crazy rabbit holes. Yes. Uh, although uh, Trump is saying now he is going to allow the final JFK documents to be released, so it'll be interesting just to see what is there. Well, like so, let's even take that. So that. Uh, I think George H.W. Bush, it was coming up often during his presidency, the JFK thing. And he said, let's wait, uh, let's let's reexamine this 25, 25 years from now. And so that's how it got to Trump's desk. And so everyone's keeps saying, uh, and listen, I'm the furthest thing from a fan of Trump, but sure. everyone is saying Trump, Trump, Trump. It was, any, anyone who was president right. in this term. Yeah. That was going to come to their attention. It was the twenty-five year. Yeah, it, was it was this twenty-five year yeah. thing. Yes. So um, I don't know. Anyway, yes. But I think he's going to release them, which is one good thing. A lot of people don't like what he's doing. I get that too. But I, I think it's good that uh, partisan stuff aside. Like I, I think it's good that a president is releasing. I'd feel the same way if it was Hillary. If they are releasing it, and not protecting. Just, I'm sorry, just for the sure. people that don't know what he's releasing. JFK was a president. He was assassinated. No, oh, I don't. Oh, <laughs> oh, really? No, but what is it with the JFK that he's releasing? Well, there's all the documents about the Kennedy assassination been released. There's about three thousand oh. unreleased documents that they have uh, basically kept saying, well, no, we're p pushing back the release for national security, which is a lie. I mean, I, it, it's embarrassment. When there's n we're not going to have anything protected through national security, so we'll see what happens. But anyway, your podcast. Sorry, Matt, I didn't mean to go off on that. No, no, no. Um, it, I mean... Uh, no, I, listen, it's just, and, I, and now only because you, you, I'm curious... Did Muhammad Ali say somebody? Can't, from, he won't tell oh, you you're that. you not going to say. we got to no, listen to the podcast. Yeah, listen. If you look it up, what really... I mean, the thing... So, at the end of the podcast, I, yeah. I give my opinion. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a few things about this. All right. There's a guy who is threatening to commit suicide on the ninth floor of a building in Los Angeles uh, in '81. Okay. For about two hours, he's up there. He's a Vietnam vet. All right. Police, a psychiatrist, a minister go up, try and talk him down. No luck. Turns out, one of Muhammad, Ali, Muhammad Ali's best friends is in the crowd. Calls Ali. Ali gets there in under four minutes. Now, you guys have probably, have you been to LA? Have you gotten anywhere yeah, in LA yes. in four minutes? Not yes. even if I was already in the you crowd when I get there in four you minutes. You couldn't. And no. uh, he talked him down under under 30 minutes. And was he out the window? There's a photo of him out the window. There's talking. a photo of Ali out the window. And then the photo of Joseph, the guy threatening to commit suicide <laughs> is it's totally open that floor, almost as if it's under construction. So you can't, it's, it's, it literally, the photo looks like if you Google it, it looks like a, uh, Hollywood scene almost. It's not, I don't think it is, but there's just, uh, so many facts that, that don't add up. And there's a lot of reasons as to why Ali would have done this. Sure. And he incorporates, because he's a master storyteller, he actually incorporates uh, larger narratives about what was going on at the time uh, that only someone like Ali could have pulled off. Oh, that, that's the oh, picture yeah. right there. He that... said to the guy, don't jump. You, you're not going to float like a butterfly. That's what he said. <laughs> you're going to fall like a rock. Okay. Yeah, I, I do remember the story, and I remember seeing the photo, and yeah. 
Maybe, and we yeah. talked to the photographer, we tracked him down, and he said, uh, I don't think he'd ever been really questioned about it. Yeah. And he admitted, he was like, I have to say, when I after I saw those fo- photos, it did seem a bit fortuitous. And uh, What does fortuitous mean? I'm so glad you asked that. Stage? <laughs> You're such a. Is this a, is this fortuitous? Uh, oh, this is a hundred percent real. Too, too, oh no, too this good is to a, be true. I, okay. This is like the yeah, UFC. No, it's as real as it gets. You're too fortunate. I, I, By the way, if you guys can see the look, if you've ever seen a person look and and well, some you're a comedian, so you never know. It's hard <laughs> oh, to know if the jo- if you're like making being made fun of or no, not. No, no, you no. Know? Literally, I mean, I've heard the word. I just wasn't sure how it was applied. The guy thought, but literally, that you've never seen a look of more stunned. Like, are these two as stupid and bald as I think they are? Two bald, oh, no, no. stupid he, men. He actually, <laughs> what, what people aren't seeing at home is he looked to me, looked to you, looked to me again. He goes, uh, almost like, and he's, you can tell you're a gentleman. He wanted to say, are you a fucking one? He wanted to go, you That's what he dumb motherfuckers. Because I asked it, and not only did you not tell me to shut up, you went, I'm so glad you asked. He hates us. <laughs> he's not used to this. He's, no, he's not. Uh, he's used to yeah, so, okay, he thought it looked too good to be true. That makes perfect sense, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting jumping off place, man. A really, really interesting one. What, what are the ones you got? How many episodes do you have? So we do, we have six okay. episodes. How long and, each? And everyone, uh, about thir- 45 minutes. Oh, cool. It's really hard to keep at, you know, around that time. Sure. Episode two is Chris Christie and Bridgegate. Oh, yeah. Which I think was obviously talked about at nauseum for quite a while there. And then since Ch- Trump, uh, that kind of story went away and what actually happened uh is is fascinating like you like you couldn't make what happened what bridgegate was you couldn't a script writer couldn't come up with this stuff everyone's got a nickname uh there's very bizarre uh players that without them none of this would have happened there's a guy named, named nicknamed the Road Warrior who writes a daily column about traffic in New Jersey. Without him, Bridge, my opinion, Bridgegate doesn't. No one knows about Bridgegate. This is a guy that spends every day looking, examining, reporting on New Jersey traffic. You know, I'll tell you one character really doomed that. It was the stiff. That was the one, the one who was not a stiff when she started and became one. That's what ruined Chris Christie. Do you know what I'm talking about? The lady who died. That's what fucking what ruined him. Yeah, she died in the traffic. No, that's not true. Not true. What no, happened? Really? No, 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 no. But you heard that rumor. That was tough. So was that? But so, you heard that, right? Uh, I th- I think what you're referring to is there was a woman, an ambulance, who or? was waiting on an ambulance. Yeah. The the reporting is that the ambulance was three to four minutes. Uh, late uh, because of the traffic, the daughter of the woman said it would be some. I'm not. Uh, you'd have to look up the quote, but it was to some degree. Uh, I don't. I think it was my mom's time to go. I don't think if the ambulance got here three minutes sooner, it would have made a difference. Right, okay. Uh, I really. I mean, so so. With that said, Chris Christie created this incredible culture that almost is like a caricature of the mafia. That was so defined that I don't think he even had to say yes to get that executed. Okay. Bridgegate. He just had to almost look at the person uh, who was asking the question, like, do we have the green light on this? And it's kind of just like, 
the yes without even saying so. Yeah, it's like the JFK. No one has actually said he must go. When they give that, that they, uh, you know, th- th- there's a room full of conspirators. You know, yeah, it's one of those things. Everybody just kind of knew what they had to do. He might have went, uh, how's traffic? Aha! We understand, <laughs> boss. So you also, by the way, we have Duke Rubis calling in, who you've dealt with with uh, Anthony Pettis. What did you do with Anthony Pettis years ago? Uh, so I had a show where I lived with a wide range of different people, uh, from a young woman that was homeless to a young man who was happened to have autism. I was really interested in MMA. How long would you live with them for? Uh, anywhere from 10 days to a year. And I uh, was interested in MMA because it was this, in terms of popularity in gen- as, as, as a major American sport, it was and is on the rise. What's the date of this? And this was 2010. Okay. And so I asked the UFC to send over tape a uh, five-minute tape, because I didn't want to get to know anyone too well, of 10 different fighters. And then first nine fighters were very much reality TV mindset. So I saw the tape, and they'd come on, and they'd say, yo, my name, I'm going to F you up, and blah, 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 blah. And then literally the 10th tape, I think, was Anthony Pettis. Yeah. And he was kind of like, hey, my name's Anthony. Um, they call me Showtime. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really into fighting. And I'm like, huh, this guy's kind of into, like, he's quiet, mild-mannered, but he has a massive tattoo on his back that says Showtime. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? And then he says, uh, you know, I talk to my dad. Uh, I talk to my dad a few times a week. Uh, but, he, you know, he was murdered and his dad had has been had been stabbed uh, multiple times in the chest and was killed Mm. and i thought what's going on and he goes uh with a friend of his to uh the gravesite and they walk out and it just snowed it's you know milwaukee wisconsin and snow up to the knees and he he's walking out and there's no there's no points of reference as to where they are so i'm like how does he know where he's going you can't see the tombstones you can't see anything and I think they thought the phone was off because, you know, it just then starts. You just start seeing like their knees and random things. Yeah. And then Anthony goes, um, Anthony goes, oh, here he is. And he just stops. And then his friend puts back the phone up and you see Anthony push away the, the snow yeah. and you see the great gravestone of his father. And he goes, there's dad. And then he asks, um, he asks his friend if he can like step a few yards away so that he can talk to his dad. And that's when I was like, this guy is fr- only someone who goes to their dad's s- burial site almost every day, if not quite a few times a week, would be able to know exactly where in an open field right. he's buried. Yeah. And, I, and that alone was like, I, I respect this, this person, this, sure. this, this kind of honesty and transparency. Yeah. And we, we, we went with him um, once I saw that tape. Oh, okay. And Duke was, his, uh, uh, was an incredible part of that. At least personally, in that yeah. in that story, Strong, incredible yeah. coach. I learned a lot from him um, in terms of what being a great coach means. Do you watch MMA in, at all in general? Okay, Occ- like occasionally. Yeah. Um, and I think, for what it's worth, uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big sports fan, and I think MMA is by far the most underrated, underappreciated sport, certainly amongst the masses. I think it's thought of more as just, I don't know, like boxing meets wrestling. And when I watch Pettis in a fight with friends and he gets thrown to the ground and he's, he's down on his back and people go, Oh shit. He's at like, 
He's done. Dangerous. He's dangerous. And, I, and I say, no, no, the, the intricacy involved here, yeah. the, you know, I think of um, any given Sunday when Al Pacino's like every inch counts, yeah. you know, I think of that a lot with the UFC. It's like every inch, every ounce, every yeah. moment counts with these guys. And I don't think anyone has the slightest clue as to how finite that is. It's also a great slogan during anal. <laughs> 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 It's true. Yeah, sure is. <laughs> you were quiet there for a couple minutes, and I was, I was like, enjoying. I wonder what he's thinking. No, no, no I was enjoying what you were saying. No, it kind of comes together. I never see, it's funny, I don't remember any given Sunday. I, I, I'm aware, I'm sure I've seen over the years. Watch I, the coaching scene. It gets, coded a, it gets coded a lot, that film. It's a good movie, man. Yeah, Oliver yeah. Stone, right? I don't, I, don't even like, yes. I don't even like football when it's a good movie. Who's that woman? Yeah. Who's what woman? Well, you just walked in. That's she looks like not... fucking Angie Dickinson in Dress to Kill. Remember that? She How? gets slashed on the fucking... <laughs> you were, uh, Andrew, you were like yeah. 19 years old when you spent a year in a... Um, uh, is it a nursing home? Is it a retirement? Uh, yeah. Assisted, assisted living, living facility for uh, six weeks. Yeah. Now, Ray Longo told me... Close. Ray Longo told me <laughs> that the old people... Is it a place in Florida... That has, and I don't know how you should be. This should be a, a, a fact checker right here. Yeah. Uh, he told me that there's a, I forgot where in Florida, but it has the highest STD rate. Yeah. And it's all with the, oh, it's all with the, the, the senior citizens. Yeah. Oh my they're, God. They're fucking like rabbits. No shooting. bags for the old people. Right. I mean, for them. Is that Andrew? Could you shed some light on this? So, this is, this so uh, A, that that's, it's true that senior citizens have a very high rate of STDs. Uh, I I don't know about the specific place in Florida. My yeah. guess guess would be where, where that, you stayed. No, no. Well, it <laughs> would be started you, the whole trend. Have you <laughs> <laughs> have you guys heard of the uh, villages? Uh, no, the villages is a is a pretty big, almost a t it is a town. I think they have their own area code in uh, or zip code. I mean, in Florida, it's a big town exclusive to senior citizens oh, wow. they have their own restaurants they're like i don't know if you remember when mitt romney sang god bless america uh, during the um when he was in the campaign years ago he like got caught up in the moment yeah. he was speaking to thousands of senior citizens at the villages so if you look at the villages it's in florida uh and it's uh, Hundreds, if not thousands, of senior citizens in this town. Let's look that up. That's tailor made for senior citizens. So oh, my great. point is, I would maybe that is the the area where the where I guess technically speaking, the most STDs. Would, there's would so many be. of them, and all they're doing is fucking everywhere. A, I mean, right? Popping a Viagra. What, so what's the difference between yeah. that and a regular town for senior citizens? Well, most places it's a so there's there's you have independent living. You're a hundred percent right, by the way. It's yeah, the yeah. It says romance and STDs inside Florida's wild getaway. Can we yeah. see the a picture? Yeah. yeah, there you, you go. Yeah, that's picture, crazy. A bunch of old people. Yeah, there you go. It's <laughs> great. Every, every there's a toilet every twenty feet. No one rushes. Oh, um, oh man, the STD rate. So I mean, they that is crazy. I mean, I wonder what that is. Who wants nuts. to hear that? Hey, who who fucking gave you gonorrhea, Mildred? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gertie gave me the clap. <laughs> Gertrude. Oh, I can't gave believe me herpes. it. Yeah, fucking Gertrude fucking licked That's my bag and now there's a sore on him. Oh, yeah, look at this. All the uh, the carts and everything. Oh, my God. All up. carts? Yep, yeah. there you go. I'd love to do a gig there and just clear the room. <laughs> Every uh, Most Republican candidates do huge, huge events there. Oh, sure. Uh, that was that was one of the times that I, I think I... I had been there. There's no but schools there, right? Just old people. No, no, yeah, exactly. Uh, so oh. yes, uh, that. But that is rare. I don't think there. There's nothing else like that in America. Where in Florida? Uh, central. I, I, I want to say. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think Central Florida oh. somewhere. But uh, so there's assisted livings. There's independent living, assisted living, and then a nursing home. 
I was in assisted living. This, the villages is a, a town. Like I, I don't, you know, that's Do they more, have some assisted living there too? I would assume so, but I really, I don't, I, I think that's more independent living. You you, know? you, so you lived in the, I lived in assisted living, which is, which weeks. is what most people would think of as a nursing home. I think at 19 years old. Yeah. I was at NYU depressed, yeah. miserable, uh, really just wanted to make a movie was close with my grandfather at the time. Uh, I thought of the similarities in there, you know, a dorm room with 300 strangers, yeah. a senior citizen home with 300 strangers. Uh, they wouldn't let me move in with my grandfather because of he- um, health violations, a 19 year old, a lot yeah. of people. So I called 20, 30 different ones. And then this one place in Florida, How did they, let you let me, move in? They-, they never, I never asked once they said, yes, we will let you in. We'll sign the location release form. Uh, which I, you know, found online and just thought that that's probably something you need to do. Uh, I didn't say why do you want to do this, <laughs> you know, because they sure it was like. But you had to get permission to be filming and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So the general. So once I asked the person who owned the place, and she said yes, I immediately emailed her the forms and said, okay, we just need this to be signed, yeah. uh, and she signed it, and I assume she. You know what? I kind of give her a lot of credit. She didn't. She just didn't think of me, and I'm not as a Michael Moore type. I wasn't looking to exploit anyone. Yeah. Uh, which I easily, easily, easily could have done. Do you think he exploits people? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. I don't think. I think, at the very least, manipulates. Um, but I think a lot of the top documentary. I think most sensible documentary filmmakers would say you have to manipulate a little bit too. Yeah. I mean, manipulating in a, in a good way. I think that's the difference between documentary filmmakers and journalists. Like a documentary filmmaker is once you have a, once you have a, once you're using a soundtrack in your movie, I don't think you can be considered a, a journalist. You're, you're right. inserting tone and, and feeling, uh, great point. So, uh, so you could have exploited, but did not, I could have exploited. And I, I, <clears throat> I did. I didn't. I absolutely did not. I don't. You know. I wouldn't think well, so. It's room three three five. It's on iTunes. Yeah, I saw the, the the coming attractions for it when when I found out you were coming in. Is there any theme with all the old people? The old people. I don't know if that's nice. Well, they're to old say. people. Yeah, they're they are old people. Yeah, they're both. Is there any like reoccurring theme? Like, where anybody like the biggest regret or when they're getting old? Like, what's their biggest fear? Is there anything that stuck out in your head? Like, a lot of people. A lot of the people you dealt with said. I don't know, blank. I mean, at that age, you know, like because like, they're I in the it. last stages of their life. Yeah, I don't know if I'm putting it out. There. No, yes. you are. No, yeah. it made total sense. My my biggest ops, my biggest thing to coming away from it, and I'll yeah. I'll say in advance, this may be too earnest or cheesy or whatever, but by far this is a like what I found to be a fact. There was a 96 year old woman named Tammy. She couldn't see very well. She couldn't hear very well. She was wheelchair bound. Her brain was totally intact. She had incredible oh. jokes, sex jokes mainly. Huh. Um, I'm, I, I usually, I'm forgetting them, but great jokes. And at five o'clock dinner time, maybe even four o'clock, uh, she would go from table to table, and they used they were pretty gloomy tables. You know, it wasn't like an exciting place right. to be. Okay. She would go around and tell sex jokes, and so for even a moment, a minute, that table would all of a sudden lighten up, and people would smile. Yeah. And she would do that every day, usually for most meals. And her best friend would wheel her around. There was another guy named Bill, 81 years old, former Marine, who had uh, pretty bad dementia. Uh, but physically, very strong, could walk around. He, every day, at about 12 o'clock, we would, quote, unquote, escape uh, the assisted living facility. We'd walk across the street to the dollar store. 
And with five or six dollars, he would buy the uh, the same type of candy, and he would come back and he would go to Tammy, Libby, uh, Vernon, and say, you know, you like Skittles, you like Snickers, you and and give them to each one of the uh, friends that he had there. And so, and then I realized, which is really what I think uh, documentary filmmaking is like, looking for patterns. And I realized that this was a reoccurring thing where every resident whatever they had left in them, they were using it to give back. And I know that can sound a certain cheesy, but it's, it was just it, that it was shocking to me how everyone, whatever, any, anything they had in them was used to help someone else. And so that struck me. The other thing that I found, which is where I wish, I think education could do a much better job of this is I went out one day and there was this guy, uh, Tim, and I said, Tim, what are you doing? You kind of look, something's off. And he goes, ah, nothing. A lot of times, uh, senior citizens can be really humble about their experience. Tim, what's going on? Tim, long story short, he finally goes, you know, the humidity today, it kind of feels, it kind of feels like, I don't know what, what kind of feels like, uh, and I'm forgetting the date of course here, but he said the day of the great depression. And I'm like the day of holy shit like 300 they're all walking around having they're all living history and they're sitting in the corner of a town and no one's talking to them and we're sitting there with textbooks like idiots reading about the great depression when tim is walking around saying like i could tell you every moment of the i was there that's true and so that was the other thing that that to this day boggles boggles my mind i do think it's great the conclusion you came to about bill handing out candy is much different than i would have you know, when I'm in a guy who misses his old days around the schoolyard handing out candy, <laughs> you've come to this beautiful conclusion. That's why you're good at what you do, and I'm a creep. <laughs> you truly are, and I'm only kidding. I have to pee. We break real quick and come back. You stay with us? Yeah, sure. I, quick, I yeah, we're going to call Duke when we get back. Okay. In 1981, Muhammad Ali saved a man from committing suicide. For about 35 years, that's been the reporting. End of story. But after three years of talking to eyewitnesses, the LAPD, biographers, and a lone photographer... I think the chapter on this epic Ali miracle is just beginning. Everybody, Dwayne Johnson here to tell you about a new documentary podcast series titled What Really Happened? Narrated by award-winning documentary filmmaker Andrew Jenks in coordination with our company, Seven Bucks Productions. Ali talked Joseph down, but is there more to it? Was Joseph in on it? Was Ali showing the world that he could still talk, much less box? Why did Ali's people say Joseph was a Vietnam vet when, in fact, he wasn't? Go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your shows to listen to What Really Happened. Available now. Are you ready to save money and play more games? I mean, do we really need to ask that? Of course. Yes and yes. Well, if you are, UFC Unfiltered has got you covered with Gamefly. Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games at Gamefly.com. Pick your favorite games and have them mailed directly to your door. I guess they're saying that if you're a gamer, you probably like to sit around all day. You don't like to get up. Let's be honest. We understand that about gamers. So have them deliver it right to you. Why go to the store? The store's, you know, it's a pain in the ass. Gamefly is the leading video game rental service. Over 9,000 titles to choose from. If you can play 9,000 different games, you're a better person than me. There's probably a lot of things that make you a better person than me. That's just one of them. They also let you try your favorite games and movies before you buy it. So you don't have to buy a game and go, that stinks. You can try it and send it back. You keep the games as long as you want. 
You're never going to have to worry about late fees, and you can cancel at any time. Oh, and Gamefly now offers movie rentals, too. So let's just say you're like, ah, I want to play a game and watch Schindler's List, whatever the movie is. Two birds, one stone. Go to Gamefly.com slash UFC and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. How many do you need at a time? How many games do you need? You need one game for a while so you don't suck at it. So you have a second game there. You don't need 10 at once. It's stupid. Thank you to Gamefly for supporting our show. You can support our show too and support Gamefly by checking out the 30-day trial offer only at Gamefly.com slash UFC. That keeps me and Matt employed. All these free laughs we give you, well, that's how you say thanks. You support our sponsors, and these are good guys. Sign up now, and you start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. That was lovely. Um, I tinkled, and I feel much better. Thank you very much. Andrew is still here. Matt is back. Matt also tinkled. We're going to yes. call Drew Rufus. <laughs> We're a little late. We will blame Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. That's the beautiful thing about having a guest. You can blame him. What? Yeah, I'm going to blame our guest. So just oh, back Duke me Rufus, up, Matt. man. I always like talking to Duke. Yes. Duke's a phenomenal, phenomenal instructor. He is. And he was a, a great of, fighter as well. Rufus you Sport Martial Arts you Academy, know. of course. Yeah. The owner and head coach. Everybody knows that. I'm just saying that in case you don't. Yeah. Um, Chris is calling. And knows what? his movies very well. Does he? Oh, oh yeah. Is he a movie fan? Oh, he could talk all day. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to stump him on a movie. Ju- try. In what movie did Dustin Hoffman say, yeah, slow in the... Dr-? Real awful, obvious one. Yeah. No, he'll know. I mean, awful. he'll know. He would... Why? Why, you're a big movie buff? I, I No, but he is... He'd be like... He'd be in the middle of something and he'd be like... So, Jenks, do you ever notice Godfather 2 feels like the second half of the third part was shot on a camera that was slightly different than the first? Oh, and you're like, that kind that's of, what I'm oh. saying. Yeah, he's a psychopath. Yeah, he knows, his, he knows his movies. I was doing radio this morning, and I had a movie reference bomb. I was so mad. My co-host is younger than me, and he said something about <laughs> how he wished he was a, a, a marathon runner. And I said, yes, I wish you were one, too, and I wish you were meeting with your dentist. It was a fucking, you know, it was a, it was a reference to fucking the marathon man, where he's being tortured. And Only nothing. It got a yeah. zero. And then my doctor, who's a friend of mine, texted me, Zell. <laughs> I'm so happy. An older man. All right, cool. Hey, Duke, what's up, buddy? Chris has got what's up. It's like, Chris? Not yet. Oh, no. Chris always down the wrong number. It's like when my buddy Ray Longo brings out the Milton Burrow lines. And oh, stuff. yeah, the I giant dick Milton I go, guys don't even know Milton Burrow. They don't know Milton Burrow. You do. Yeah, of course I, I do. I wonder what it's going to be like, though. Think of... All of the content that's out these days, right? Endless. Yeah. So much stuff. Yeah. Every week is yeah. a new video. So in 20 or 30, or for 10 years from now, you reference something. Yeah. Like a few years back, you had a, you have a handful of movies that sure. you can reference. Now there is endless videos, yeah. songs, it's gotta be something movies, just really, TV shows. Really Who are the performers going to be that they look back to? Ah, oh, God, you remember I mean. when Anal Warts 2015 right. on YouTube said that? Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. Right. It's hard to get through all that clutter. It's hard to get through the clutter. The va- disadvantage is that, again, it, stuff gets lost. The advantage is that the, the network, the, the narrative is not controlled by a few people. The right. narrative is controlled by everybody, and you don't know what can catch on and go viral because right. there's no one controlling it. Yeah. That's kind of the fun part. People shit on YouTube stars, but I don't. Like, you know what? Hey, if you can make fucking 30 million a year, 18 million a year, 
PewDiePie doing them dumb videos. Good for you. You're better than I am. You're smarter than me. It's also weird how people, like we were just talking about off air, people get popular for stupid shit. Like the Catch Me Outside girl was- It was stupid. Yeah, definitely. Being a little shitty girl and yeah. now she's all popular. <laughs> uh, no, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. And off air, we were also talking because um, uh, Andrew Jenks did the uh, the world of Jenks that we talk about MTV. And he said the show was great. It was, it, it was on a time with- uh, popular shows like the Jersey Shore and he was talking about Teen Mom so we were talking a little bit about that like I don't know like those, I, I, don't, I didn't like that show Teen Mom no I, I think I, Farrah what's her name uh, the woman I don't know Teen Mom I get to know her Abraham. oh cool Farrah Abraham thank you oh, fucking Chris over there knows what? he's a big porn guy <laughs> Chris knows <laughs> oh wait does a, did one of them became a porn girl no I was kidding there was one. Oh, oh, cool we got Duke yeah. Rubis yeah. alright fine <laughs> oh, my headphones not working Duke Duke Hey, how are you going? Hey, buddy. Sorry about that. My headphone is half on. We apologize for being uh, a little late. We have uh, Andrew Jenks in studio with us, who uh, I believe oh, you know. awesome. Duke, oh, how are you doing, man? Hey, good to hear from you. Good awesome. to hear you. Well, yeah, you're the man. What's cracking? Now, Duke, I didn't know you. Andrew just told us you're a big movie fan, and you know a lot about films. Yeah, that's actually, I don't watch a lot of sports. I love martial arts, combat sports, and... Uh, if I could have had the opportunity to try and go to school like Andrew, I would have loved to do that. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm passionate about films. Okay, let me ask you this. You probably know the answer. The first rated X movie to win an Oscar for Best Picture. I, I do not know that. Don't so say it. Please inform me. Wait, the, Jimmy, do you, you, go ahead, you try it, Matt. The Green Door? Behind the Green Door, Marilyn Chambers? No, that was just no. That I, was I just, hardcore porn. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, I, Matt. Never, I never watched oh, it. Oh, my God, Matt I, is confessing. I, no, I'm Midnight sorry. Cowboy with John Voight. That's, oh, a, that's yeah. not a porn. Oh, wow. It was rated X really? because there's nudity. Yeah, oh. uh, it was it was an X-rated film. But is it still rated? Is it? Does Maybe that not now, but when '69 it was or whatever. So oh, it was '68. Wow. But yeah, it's funny. Matt's spitting out real hardcore porn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Hey, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Behind the Green Door, Marilyn Chambers, and uh, it was, there was the first interracial scene was in that movie, I think. All right. Anyway, so Duke, what kind of movies do you like? Um, obviously, you know, drama, gangster films. I'm a huge uh, fan of uh, the Godfather trilogy. Uh, you know, I, I like my art house films, you know, your, your Tarantinos, etc. Um, you know, good comedy. Just, uh, I'm not a, this time of year is not my favorite time of year. I'm not into horror movies. Now, Duke, Duke, you said the Godfather uh, trilogy. Sure. A lot of people that yeah. love those movies don't even acknowledge the third one. Do There's, you? Do you acknowledge that third one? And did you think it was a good yeah, movie? I do. I do because it was a good movie. It's just hard to be a great movie. Those the first two films were epic. I mean, even through them, uh, I was I just saw Andrew and I got into talking about movies. Um, Coppola used the, the dramatic arc in the first movie at, at one thirty. Uh, that's where Salazzo gets whacked by Michael Corleone. So it, that, they're just incredible movies. Uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, I think that three was a good movie. It just wasn't a great movie. It's hard to follow those two. I mean, what's better than fucking Apollonia and her weird breasts? She was an oddly, uh, like almost like no color to her nipples. Remember that? Wait, wait, who? I forget yeah. it. Tuesday, two, Sunday, three. Friday, Monday. She fucking blows up. What's that? Yeah. Oh, she was beautiful, yep. though. She was okay. Uh, no, I like the yep. I like Italian her more, dumb purple milk. dress. Well, Sicilian people um, usually spawn from Greeks, so I'm part Greek. So here in Milwaukee, we have a lot of Sicilian people. I grew up with Sicilian people, so we all look alike, um, oh. which is uh, unique. So Speaking of Sicilians, have you seen True Romance? Yeah, <laughs> love, great film. <laughs> oh, phenomenal. Wrote it, but then 
make it, you know, but uh, great movie. It's, uh, you know, that's uh, one of the, a classic movie as well. Um, actually, I've, I've become kind of buddies with uh, Michael Rappaport recently, who's yes. in the movie as well. He, he had a great role in there. And, uh, of course, one of my wife and I's favorite uh, references from that movie uh, he's as lazy as Floyd, like uh, Brad Pitt's character in the movie. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, he was a huge pothead in that movie. Do you know, it's funny yeah. you talk about that movie. I, I did an independent film, a comedy, and one of the guys we were talking about, like, I forget how True Romance came up, and he goes, yeah, I was in that. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I was Boris. The guy was like, Lee, I hate fucking cops. That big oh, maniac yeah. with the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah the big yeah. blonde guy. <laughs> it's a, a tremendous uh, film. So I didn't know that about you. Um, so it's good. that's what I was saying, dude. Because that we would be, I'd be filming Pettis or something, and then you'd come up to me and say, you know, I was thinking, Godfather Two at that two-hour mark. It seems like they might be using a different camera than in Godfather One. And I was like, <laughs> wow, this guy knows this stuff. Well, I kind of have fun. My thing, I have an online training resource, and we share a lot of fun videos of um, just our martial arts training, and I've two really good up-and-coming guys who put out a lot of creative videos. Kind of, um, this is going to be crazy. You know, like all the fence techniques we like? Speaking of movies, you know where my influence for those are from? From the movie Lords of Dogtown. When I saw that movie, I had this epiphany. I was watching these guys skate off the bowl, and I'm like, what if we started doing stuff off the cage? So the first move that we did was Pettis doing the sweep against Roller using his feet to climb the cage and he swept Shane Roller. Then Allen did the Superman punch at UFC 100. Anthony did the Superman punch against Bart Palaszczuk in WC. And then um, it was obviously the, the, the Showtime kick. Then he did a few more moves, but that that whole influence was movie based because the other movie that kind of influenced crazy. me was Umbach jumping off the elephant and hitting so uh, and off walls and etc so yeah movies play such a prevalent wow. role in my life huh. you know how different Anthony Pettis would fight if your favorite movie was Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo <laughs> <laughs> I'd be hanging out with Hanato Laranja too much <laughs> if it was Electric Boogaloo oh my god no it's scary that's like when I grew up too yep. yeah, you me know, too reruns on HBO constantly turbo and ozone <laughs> that's right and now uh, Beat Street was I always thought a better rap movie um, so how do you feel too awesome, awesome. Uh, Henry Cejudo against uh, Wilson Hayes was, was tremendous he was like a different fighter and now uh, and Sergio is set to fight him so uh, were you surprised at how good uh, uh, Cejudo looked in his last fight no I mean anytime you take a guy who's an Olympian of course he's gonna adjust and learn all these things any elite black belt any discipline a weak guy is going to get better if he wants to get better. You know, speaking of, I got to send props always as I do to Matt Sarah. You know, everyone would have thought he submitted George St. Pierre to win the world title. He knocked out George St. Pierre. So again, he's living proof of um, you had a will to master one discipline, you'll have the will to master another. That being said, my buddy uh, Michael Tang, who's a former Olympic uh, Taekwondo coach, He's been working with us, Henry. That's why he had a different guard, a little longer, a little bit more playful. Um, you can see that Henry's trying out some other disciplines besides just straight boxing and Muay Thai. He kind of had a traditional martial arts stance. Um, that being said, I, I kind of like it that he's playing that because that's what Sergio's upbringing is. Before I 
hooked up with Sergio Nias Duelv. He was a world champion in Taekwondo as a child. So that being said, um, I like the fact that Henry's dad went in that. It plays more into our world. But Henry's a hell of an opponent, incredible fighter. But one of our teammates actually did quite well against him. Uh, Chico Camus, when he was fighting the UFC, did a great job of nullifying most of his takedowns. And Chico did not grow up wrestling. He's just a, a freestyle MMA fighter. So that being said, uh, Sergio and Henry is going to be a great fight. But uh, Sergio's really coming in, into himself. The other thing that Sergio does, he spends two to three days a week in the Chicago suburbs with uh, Izzy Martinez, uh, who's a prolific wrestling coach in the Midwest. He wrestled at Iowa himself, but he's got a bunch of great kids who uh, he's producing a lot of future NCAA greats, all-state champions. So Sergio goes down there and just brawls with those guys. Uh, he's at that age where he can still wrestle hard and get in there, and I think that's going to be the telltale. And as well, Sergio's jiu-jitsu game is very underrated, and uh, I'm just excited about the opportunity for Sergio to get to fight someone like Henry. And also, what about uh, we have to jump, of course, to uh, you know our pal CM Punk. Uh, you know, uh, on, on Instagram there was a caption uh, back in Punk Camp with my man CM Punk. So, uh, how is he doing? And is there any uh, do we do we have any type of a fight announcement for him, or, or at least a thought? Um, Dana and the matchmakers have their weekly matchmaking meeting yesterday, and we're going to hear some news soon, I think. You know, um, you know, I think, obviously, Mickey Gall, Matt can attest, he was there when he called him out, and we've seen how successful Mickey's been. He beat Sage, he, he's got a tough fight coming up with Randy Brown, another guy, a product of Dana's show. Right. Um, you know, I, I just think, you know, everyone, big-time fighters have, first-time cage jitters, let alone debut fighters. Even, you know, I think I was really proud of my fellow kickboxer, Gokan Saki, but it even hit the Saki bomb, man. You know, he got in there and got gassed a little bit. You know, I just think the first time you're in the octagon, I just even as a coach, it, it'll throw you off, let alone the fighters that get in there. There's something special that you got to deal with getting in there. Um, but that being said, you know, we've really rebounded. And I think always when you lose a fight, um, it's a blessing in disguise because now the O's gone. You don't have to worry about being invincible. A lot of questions get answered for uh, punk. He gets the, this sounds really weird, but now he knows what a beating feels like, sure. a real yeah. beating. Yeah. And I think that that will help a lot of fighters, you know, it, it'll to the point of haunt them like, no, I don't want to feel this way ever again. And it's not the physical. Anyways, you know, these guys are tough. It's the mental anguish, and you don't want to feel that, uh, you know, depressing, embarrassing feeling of getting uh, beat up in front of God and everyone. It's no fun. And it's been great motivation for him to uh, get a little bit more schooled. You know, I can tell you till the cows come home what to do. Sure. But until you actually get in the middle of a you know, freestyle fist fight where everything's flying, punches, knees, elbows, kicks, takedowns, elbows on the mat, full power punches, full power chokes and locks. 
um, you, you just don't know till you know. Well, Duke, do you think too, like that that first punch he threw, which was kind of a tailor made thing for Mickey Gall to, to to take him down? It's probably the worst thing he could have done in that moment. It was just a moment of just being a little overeager and anxious, and like you said, those octagon jitters of where the guy is there, and you and you just instead of kind of stepping back and collecting yourself and thinking, you just get a bit over anxious. Well, I think that it's like looking back at from us, he didn't throw it to his full power potential. He second-guessed himself a little bit, and that's where you get yourself in trouble. you got to commit to everything that you do. You know, maybe it looked a little wilder, but, you know, the, the thing is you got to, if you're going to hit uh, attempt to hit someone, you got to make a full-fledged effort, and I think that was the tactical error there. And just, you know, getting used to everything's faster on, on fight night or in any other sport, game day or actors who do live or comedians that go on stage um, when you do it for real it's completely faster and a lot more aggressive and also what are your thoughts on 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 tyron not getting the gsp fight i mean he trained with you and then all this criticism and i, I kind of stuck up for him i look i love an exciting fight as much as everybody but when you're fighting a guy like damian maya who's going to do nothing but try to take you down and strangle you you have to do something and did you feel the criticism of his game plan there was justified well, I'll take it because I'm one of the people that helped uh, manip- plan the, the Dean, Dean and I. You know, Dean is a master strategist. He does not get enough credit for yeah. uh, the work that Dean does. He He's incredible with that and that's a real good connection. And, um, you know, I, I think Carlos recently said, well, you know, I see where people are coming from, that he wasn't aggressive. That being said... Carlos being aggressive, I was there to see it personally, watch Damien my beat him, you know. Damien is the Mike Tyson of jiu-jitsu. If you play in his world, you will lose. I've seen him do it to so many incredible fighters in the UFC. He's one of those people that has a single-style approach to the sport that can beat anyone. You know, a lot of people don't think he can strike. It's funny. I've known Damien since uh, his debut at UFC 77, and I just happened to be in the same locker room with him on many occasions as he's coming up. So him and his management, his team, I know real well. And he and he mentioned something. He goes, yeah, I used to see you in all the karate magazines in um, Brazil when I was a boy. I go, Damien, why, why were you looking at karate magazines? Because he actually used to do karate, and a lot of people don't give him enough credit. There's two sides of striking. Is the one is um, obviously attacking. Two is defense, and I think that's the one thing that people don't give Damien enough credit for. He's crafty in there at not getting knocked out and nullifying your striking enough to make his game work well. He's just a very hard matchup. Him and Wonder Boy. Those two guys are specialists, and specialists are the hardest guys to prepare for. No, that's that's a hundred percent true. What do you think, Duke? And I'm not. And listen, congrats on the win. I'm definitely not attacking you. You know, I love you. It, with that fight, if Damian Maya didn't go forward, what happens then? Like, is Ty, is Ty, is is there a ga- different game plan? Is Tyron going to look to take him out, or are we just? Are they just staring at each other? And I mean that. I'm being well, serious. Oh, no, no. I agree with you. No, here's the other thing. Tyron, and I'm not criticizing it at all for this, he's just being a proud fighter that he's been taught to be. He didn't tell us his right arm's hurt. If you tell us our right arm's hurt, 
let's look to make more attacks with our left arm. You know, the thing is, the hardest thing, the worst thing I believe you can do against Damian Maya is kick. He yeah. does a good job of taking people down off of kicks, off of knees. Um, that's a tough thing. He, you know, having trained with Ben Aspen for so long, him and Ben are a lot alike where they just sloth on to you. Yeah. And, um, you know, Ben was in the corner with us coaching. And, you know, that's the hard thing. When you fight someone who's got that style, it doesn't leave much on the table to not get tied up by him. And, you know, I wish I would have known that Tyron's right arm was hurt. We didn't know as bad, obviously, the adrenaline afterwards. But, again, um, the other thing, too, is only a five-week camp for that fight as well. So, um, you know, this is an opportunity that Dana gave him. You know, you, you can't complain about it because he gave him a great opportunity to be on a great card. Um, you know, what I always say, you do your best and, you know, let's learn from it and get better on the next performance. Now, if he goes up there and, and stinks the bet up against the next guy, then, you know, here's the thing. Um, I got John McDessey on the, the Winnipeg card, and I'll be there to see who's going to win between Robbie and Dos Anjos. Now, there's a fight. You don't have to worry about anyone being boring, whether Robbie gets the title shot or whether Rafael gets the title shot. That's going to be a great fight. Um, you just can't when you match those types of fighters together. Not putting anyone down. Styles make fights, unfortunately. That's the hard thing about this sport. Yeah, and the best thing about the sport in the same, same yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, w- I wish every fight could be fireworks. It would be awesome. But um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the, 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 the other thing, too, the sports science in our sport, everyone's getting way better at defenses, offenses. You know, the fun thing about MMA, I feel like there's less defense than, say, a boxing match or a high-level Muay Thai fight. Where it creates more action for the fans. The problem is these guys are getting so good at everything. The guys are awesome at everything. It's um, it creates a little bit more sophisticated flavor to the fight. All right, thank you, Duke. We apologize for getting to you late. You're fascinating, oh, no and I would love to talk movies with you again sometime uh, for a longer period of time. We have we have to, being UFC unfiltered, ask fight questions. But really, all I want to do is talk to you about Midnight Cowboy and <laughs> fucking how stupid John Voight thought money was. M O N Y money. Uh, <laughs> well, just you just keep harassing Andrew because he, he's a wealth of knowledge and a great filmmaker. He's awesome. Well, right, well, his new Pleasure, podcast dude. is fascinating. And uh, look, man, uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk to you soon. And uh, always, always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Duke. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Okay, buddy, Pleasure. you too. That's interesting. You know, I have had a podcast idea, which I'm not going to share. Oh. Because somebody will steal it. Right. Well, the, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you, all right. Are you going to tell me later? I'm not gonna, <laughs> no, you're right. I just said you something just got for no all, reason. Everybody <laughs> got all excited. No, no, no. Here's what you say you're not going to share it. No, you're right. To, My I'll mouth follow. opened and shit fell out of it for no reason. 100%. <laughs> garbage. Utter garbage. Yeah, I what I just say. did. You'll never know. Yeah. Are, are you, you going to pursue it? I think so. Should we be on the lookout at least? No. It's like a, it's like a girl going, wow, I'm horny and you're really? And she goes, yeah, but not for you. <laughs> Why would I have said that? Are I have an idea that I'm not going to share. Who cares, Jim? Do you want to write it down at least? Don't forget. I, no, you're I too think, good. You'll, you'll take I'm, it and make it better than I'm I will. Putting it all uh, I'm no detective, but I think that uh, that I think that you're gonna have Jenks follow you with a camera, and you're gonna go spend a, a couple of weeks in that that retirement home with the fucking STDs. With exactly. The old fucking showing yeah, them how to that. hide their symptoms. 
tell you, that'll be, that'll be a reality show. Sure would. Jimmy Goes Wild. Yeah. With the old people. Yeah, instead of Girls Go Wild. That's right. I don't know. Fuck I'm it. going with this. I don't either. All I know is... It, I don't God, even... Give I us, can't even do... A, can that's we just do small. things normal? Matt, What's I don't matter? disagree. Because we got the... Because I got a thing here. I got the boo thing. Hold on, here. Matt. Are you going to hit a button? Ma- <laughs> it takes too long. There's a 10-second delay. <laughs> I got to get better with this thing because it's... it's it, If I have a delay in the boo, yeah. it just ruins the whole thing. It book. certainly does. Hey, yeah. how you doing? All right, that's nice. That's, that's right. There. That's what I was getting. Yeah. It's the slow clap. But Chris, yeah. you really did put these... Yeah, wrong. thank you. Chris, please. <laughs> yeah, great order, Chris, the producer. Hey, Chris, now, Chris, where is... Uh, we have to talk to Leon Machida, who we've never had. Yes, I'm going to call Leona right now. Ooh, actually. give him a oh. jingle. I feel a bitch. Are you hanging out, or yeah, you got to take off? If you got to hang out, I mean, I'm not kicking you out. We're having a great time. I'm, have, I'm learning a lot here. <laughs> oh, We're boy. learning new words, me and Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy and I. Oh, yeah, I love sexting. Are you sexting right now? Is that what's happening? Yep. No, no. Actually, I was talking about you're marriage. You're a married dude, uh, Andrew? No, no. No? no? How'd you, you you were on top of that quicker than I'm not me. Was... I'm not married. I'm just, oh, oh, I'm oh, just oh. narcissistic. I like to answer questions. <laughs> 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 I knew he didn't mean me. He knows I'm not married. just wanted to feel important. <laughs> is it hard for you? Do, you? do you? I mean, do you? is it tough to ask questions if one is a narcissist? No, I'm teasing. I, we, I, I actually love interviewing people. I love asking stuff that... Because uh, I've talked to people who literally wouldn't spin on me. Right. And yet they have to answer questions in an interview. Like I, I was, I've interviewed so it's many the worst. people who have to, I've interviewed Weinstein. I wish I would have known this shit about him, mm. but you know, I didn't. So I just asked him dumb movie questions. Who's the lady that walked off your show? The, the, the oh, Nancy Grace. Yes. Yeah. She was a fucking dope. I remember Stupid that. Stupid little tiny What fingers. happened with, I mean, I, yeah. I think Man. she's, I think she's gross and I think yeah. she's full of shit and her dumb tot mom hashtag. She sucks. So I said, I thought she capitalized off dead kids and I, she's one of the only celebrities to ever block me on Twitter. So I had to mention it to her because I can't be a pussy and tweet. And what, that she th- blocked you? No, but just say like, I don't like what you've done. I didn't attack her, yeah. but I'm like, I felt like we'll help you promote your book, but I had to be honest because otherwise I'm just a pussy who, yeah. who is talking shit but then when the person's there I don't talk shit and that's uh, to me I, I, I was gonna do it respectfully but I had to be straight with her yeah and then she walked away it's, yeah, tough, when, it's tough when you use your expertise to Dr. Phil these sorts of people it's that, difficult we got sorry buddy we got uh, uh, Leona are you on the phone yeah hey buddy how are you where are you right now uh, that's not good no it's hard to hear you um, <laughs> are, are you uh, are you in a are you moving or are you in one location buddy I'm in one location I'm not moving uh, we're going to try to call you back, Leona. We apologize. We're going to try to call you back. We have a very, very bad connection. It sounds like you're underwater, so we'll try to give you a quick call back, okay? Okay. Okay, buddy. It sounds like that Fat Albert's friend that's like, yeah, right? Yeah, it's just the, a lot of times these cell phone connections are shit. Yeah. Well, he's I mean, in, he's in Brazil anyway, so maybe it's. Uh, maybe he might be in a remote area training. Wait, yeah. wait that, that fight's. From Brazil. Yeah, it's in Sao Paulo, yeah. Oh, right. I've never been to Sao Paulo. I've been to, uh, you know, there's a lot of lovely girls from Brazil and Colombia. I, I'm glad I don't speak fucking Portuguese or Spanish. I'd be in yeah. deep trouble. Oh, boy. Yeah, I had some Brazilian girlfriends. Oh, I'd yeah. be in big fucking I've trouble. I've been three times. Holy shit. Are they delightful? What? I won the, the, that's when I won the world championships the last time, Jimmy, you were asking in 1999? Thank you, Jimmy. It's not always about me and my accomplishments. Absolutely not, but I like when you mention them. Thank I mean, you. I have to lead you into I just wanted to brag in front of Andrew. Oh, Andrew already knows. So here's please. a question. What, <laughs> sure. Matt, what, do you, what is the most misunderstood component? What's, what's most misunderstood about a fighter from the outside world? Oh, that you're just a Neanderthal. But then again, Jimmy might think I'm a Neanderthal. Jimmy, you think I'm a Neanderthal? No, <laughs> you're a gentle, sweet boy. Hey, you see me with my kids. Exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. lovely. He's lovely. He's three lovely daughters. He's yeah. a, good, a very present father. 
Yeah, I think uh, you know people. They still it's still that little bit of stigma from the from back in the day when yeah. it was a little bit of a freak show, a lot of bit of a freak show. Yeah. The early early days. Okay, I think we right. have him now. Leota, how how are you? I'm fine. Okay, ah, buddy, that's a little bit him. better. We want to, we want to be able to hear you. What's up, Leoto? How are you, man? It's Matt Sarah too, Jim Norton, and Andrew Jenks. What's up? I'm fine. And now you're down I'm there. Fine. Now do you do you live in Brazil or are you just going kind of going back to train? No, I'm. Uh, I'm I trained in California, but I, I'm already in Brazil for the part. Now, well, how long has it been since you stepped in the cage? Is this your, I mean, it's over 800 days. Is this your longest time in the history of your career that you've been out? Oh, yeah, definitely. This is the longest time that I have been out. But everything happened, everything happened, everything happened for a reason, right? So that's the mindset that I have now. And so I already moved on everything. And... Uh, just, just thinking in a positive way, and just doing whatever I had to do in the spirit that I was out. So, but at the end, at the end of the day, so at the beginning it was very hard to, to to say that it was good to me. But now I can see everything, and I I realize that this time that I'll be out, that I was out, was good at the end of the day. Okay, so what what was there a point where you got nervous that you wouldn't be able to fight again? Did you think that your career was going to be affected uh, permanently, or did you always know you were going to come back and fight? In the right beginning, I, I was thinking like that. I was thinking that maybe it's going to be hard to to be back because of a long break. But suddenly, I just changed everything in my mind and said, no, I, I think it's time to me. I think it's... Uh, I need this time. I need this time to improve things that what she needed, and I, I I need this time to to stay with my family because I was doing like fighting uh, one fight in a row, another fight in a row, so so many fights in a year, and you know, so maybe I could take granted for every fight that I did in the past, just train, just fight. I don't put a lot of energy, so maybe when you have some some long gap like that, long break, you can you can come better, you can come more hungry. Now styles make fights, Leoto. What do you what do you think of Derek Brunson? Very dangerous guy. I mean that's that's obvious. But you know, with his style, your style, uh obviously you've been watching him. Uh, how do you think you guys match up? I think so he's he's a wrestler. So he's very good in, in takedowns. He knows how to defend too. Uh, he drops people down too with hands. You know, he's a very good fighter. He's a well-rounded fighter. But <clears throat> to be honest, I think it's a good fight to me. It's a good matchup, and I think uh, I have the I have very picks to to beat this guy. And I know Derek Brunson. I respect him uh, as a fighter, as a person, but. I believe in my style. I believe that my comeback will be amazing. Leonardo, let me ask you now, um, with all your fights, and you had some amazing, amazing victories. I mean, I remember your your that current, the, the kick you did with um, Randy Couture with that front kick in the face to when you won the title. I was actually the co-main event, co-main event when I, you won the title versus Rashad Evans. I was fighting Matt Hughes on that same card when you won the title with versus uh, Rashad Evans in that dramatic fashion. Is there any fight that just sticks out, any victory more than the others? It's just such a glorious moment. Oh, I think my fight, my fight against Rashad Evans was epic fight, I don't know. Like, because there was a, a huge reason 
for this fight. It was a fight for the title. And, and I was, so I was very excited in that day. And it was, uh, it, it was amazing to me. So it represents a lot to me. It means, it means a lot to me. And because in that day I became champion. So every day, every day, so every time when I think something good, I like to think in that moment. Ah, that was a great day. And and the other also, I, I'm I'm always interested in in fighters, and what happens at one point you were 16 and 0, I think in the beginning, and and since then you've 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 lost uh, about you kind of 50 50 on the fights. Did something happen after that first loss um, mentally? Did it change the way you saw yourself at all? Uh, in this sport, it's very hard to say because it's very hard to say that somebody can be in the future. So, but maybe it can can affect me in some way that I cannot realize. But I think I think I think it was hard to say something. You know, my baby can be probably probably because I was like sixteen old. 16 old and suddenly my my record started like two two wins one defeat and then two more wins two more wins one defeat so like like unstable but it's very hard because the level in MMA now every 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 single day you can see the level is going up up yeah. and up. Well, the young guys too. You know, a lot of the young guys. They've been training, like, you know, guys who are coming in who are 23, they've been training since they were much younger, and they're training in everything. It's just a different style now because they're not training in just one martial art. They're training to fight MMA. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's completely different. The sports now is different. So when you, when you start off the sports, really, uh, usually you start with everything. So you start training wrestling, you start training uh, stand-up techniques and uh, ground games, everything together. Back then, it was different. So you usually have some different style, like, for example, uh, only jiu-jitsu, only karate, or only box, or only Muay Thai. Then you adapt everything for MMA. So you start learning uh, wrestling, you start learning uh, ground game, or, or stand-up, stuff like that. But in the other way, I think, uh, when you start doing MMA like nowadays, you don't have, you are not specialized. You, know? you don't have a very specific technique that can save your life sometimes. Because you, you cannot be good in everything. You cannot be excellent in everything. You, know, you can be good in everything and not excellent in everything. But when you have one, one background, sometimes you can, it can save your life. Uh, that's a very good point. Because you're talking about this, like you're a, a specialist with, um, yeah, you're very well-rounded, but your karate is really what separates you almost how Damian Maya is such a specialist with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's what you're talking about right there. And I, I agree. And, and Leona, before we let you go, too, you're, you're fighting uh, Derek, uh, who's number seven, this Saturday at 10 o'clock. Uh, Brunson versus Mishida it's, is the, uh, you know, you're obviously the main event. And uh, where do you think a win over Derek Brunson puts you? Do you think that puts you back in the top 10 again? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, as soon as I finish this fight... I'll be in the rank again because I'm out of the rank now. So I'll be in the rank again and I'll be able to, to fight for the title. I'll be able to fight with the top fighters again. 
Well, you're, I think, I'm, and, and, you know, listen, good luck with this fight. You're a tough guy to train for, I think, uh, because you're, you're, you're not the most orthodox uh, style in there. So uh, you're always fun to watch. I don't think I've ever seen a boring fight with you, whether you've won or yes, lost. You're man. always an exciting fighter to watch. So this Saturday, uh, 10 p.m., it's uh, Fight Night, uh, UFC Fight Night. Um, it's on uh, FS1, and I'm looking forward to it, man. Good, good luck, Leoto, okay? Thank you, Leoto. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Okay, buddy. Bye. Great speaking to you. Take care. Take care. Yeah, I mean, he really is a fun guy to watch. Oh, he's, he's a hard guy to figure out. He's, what, what he was saying, and I want to apologize to the The audio is a little home, tough. The quality like, of the audio is... It's, it's, I'll, I'll clean it up a little bit. Hopefully they could hear that better than yeah. we were hearing that. Yeah. But uh, Leoto made a very good point, how... Jimmy, how you brought up how all these kids are sure. training everything, but it is very hard to become. They they're becoming they they're getting they're becoming well rounded, which is which is a great thing. But to become an expert sure. in one specific art takes so much time. Oh, without a doubt, you yeah. know what I mean. Like like so, I don't want to see less of that in the future. Well, if if almost you know like I mean? if you are a karate expert, yes. an expert. And a guy who's just an MMA, but is is a much better jujitsu guy or a much better wrestler, he can get in and really neutralize a lot of you. Yeah. I think the thing is when you're an expert at one, and and so much uh, less skilled at the others. I think a guy who's well-rounded at all yeah. has an advantage because he can use one of the other ones you stink at. And I'm not saying he yeah. stinks at anything, but to neutralize what you're great at. Right. Or you get a Damian Maya that just could neutralize with his one skill he can so but he can also it. the problem is when he can't do that and again he was kind of throwing even i think more punches than tyron was at one point yeah. but when he can't do that it's almost like we've said about roy nelson was the big booming right uh these guys that start looking for the one thing yeah. and you know you have to look out for that they become i think a little less dangerous because you know dan henderson at one point who's you know you're yeah. only looking for that one big booming right, right. for doom is probably the best example of this where a guy that is well so you don't think he's very good at jujitsu you know, he's okay. Uh, no, but it's like where you get a guy that's unbelievable at jiu-jitsu and then it took, you know, however many years for his, his hands and his striking to catch up, but now they're there. You know yeah. I mean? So he's so well-rounded. Yeah, he is a good, he, right, he is a good striker. Uh, Alistair Overeem, I think, is a really well-rounded fighter. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's really dangerous. But they, they, I mean, they all are dangerous in every area. Yeah. But, you know, again, you're not going to get many jiu-jitsu guys. Well, I'm happy, I'm very happy to see Lyoto back again. Yes. And you said it's at 10 o'clock. Um, at 10 p.m. Uh, FS1. Yeah. FS1. Uh, UFC Fight Night. Okay. Yeah, that's the main card. The prelims are on FS2 at 8 p.m. And and I can't believe that nobody's talking really about the Damian Maya's back. Right? He's uh, fighting Colby Covington, yes. That is huge. I, yeah. I don't, I'm, why are we not hearing about that? I, I don't know. Just because Machida's return, I guess. I, I know. Mean, but, I mean, of... that's a huge... I mean, he, he just fought for the title. He went five rounds with the yes, champ. Yes, he did. Right. And uh, Colby Covington, he's put him and... Uh, his buddy Jorge Masvidal on that what is it the free easy money tour yeah exactly <laughs> they're gonna break out into a rap with that shit and by the way I'm a huge fan of Jim Miller so he's fighting uh, Francisco uh, Trinaldo wow. so good for Jim Miller yeah, it's gonna be great the Vicente Luque uh, Nico Price fight is really yes. good that's the final fight on the prelims that's yep. great I think it's just because 217 is coming up so maybe people are kind of overlooking this card but I, this is a good one yeah that, a lot of times that will happen and uh, you know John Lineker's also number, you know, against Marlon Vera on this that's yep. the, the first fight of the uh, of the main card, it happens a lot before a big card. 
is that the one right before it gets drowned out, and usually those f- are fucking great oh, fights. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because for some reason, those guys are annoyed that they're not on the garden card, and they're like, right. fuck this. Yeah, well, this is going to be a good card. So listen, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, Andrew, you're a really interesting guy. I mean, your podcast, let's give this the proper uh, yes. a plug. Um, the podcast is called, um, exactly what is it? Kind of what Really Happened. What Really Happened, and where what can people really get happened? it? What Really Happened, you get on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your shows. There you go. He looked at me. He's Apple right. Podcasts. Yeah. Wherever you listen to your show. I heard some of the uh, the Ali one really well done. Thanks, and, man. Uh, it's a, a fascinating concept, and it's uh, I, I'm actually going to listen to these, and I never listen to podcasts except for this one. <laughs> 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 you know. Yeah, what really happened is out now, by the way. So. Well, it's out now. Yeah, right now. Well, I want to listen. New episodes wanted, every Wednesday. I wanted to find out what happened with Muhammad Ali. I guess I got to maybe. Yes, I you do. Find I, out I know what happened. There. I'm lying. Right. I don't. I'm I just, just want to be I'm in the listen know. To it too. Yeah. It's a fascinating right. idea and good for you doing the research. Yeah, man. Really nice Thank to you. meet you, bro. Yeah, you as well. Yeah, this was Thanks fun, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for hanging Thanks out for with having us. Me. Yeah. Jimmy, you want to plug something? No, I got a bunch of gigs. I'm doing Town Hall here in New York City. I got dates in London. They've added a date. Two dates in London. I got Dublin, Ireland, and I also have Manchester, England coming up in December. I have the Philadelphia, the Fillmore, Huntington, Long Island. A bunch oh, of gigs. I got a Sarah BJJ. Uh, I have a, like this, a martial arts school. Jiu-jitsu school. BJJ just sounds like so many In Huntington, terms. Long Island. <laughs> How come you don't invite me to your gig? Like, that's my that's my hood. First of all, it's not happening yet. I would be glad what, to. But when I'm is that happening, the Huntington one? I actually don't know. A couple months. Oh, I'm okay. always embarrassed to ask people to come see well, me. Well, let me know. Right, I'd love you to come. I, I mean, shit. That's my, and then you could come down the block for a free lesson. I'm trying to get him to do jujitsu. Well, I, I'm going to. It's made for the like the, the weak. Not that he's weak, but it's no, for the small. Like he's right. It's made for himself. the slight of frame girls. You just say it, Matt. <laughs> oh, I thought I figured that you actually. So you're just a sheer fan and commentator. Yes, absolutely. Oh. I'm not a jujitsu guy at all, yeah. Matt. But Matt wanted to basically say, you know, it's it's for the Shirley Temples of the world, and he's pointing at me. I was most impressed with the guy from Modern Family, the dad. Who's also oh, yeah, Ed O'Neill. Yeah. Ed O'Neill. Yeah, it's like a black belt. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, with the Gracies. Yeah. Oh, oh, is. oh no! You mean from fucking Married with Children? Married, Married with yeah. Children is what? Yeah. I was about to say Al Bundy, but shit. Man. Yeah, he's black belt. It's Ed O'Neill. He probably got tired of hearing that. He was yeah. in uh, Ford Fairlane too. He has a good story about that actually. With about um the uh, being called Al Bundy, and he was really pissed about it at first, and then yeah. he was like, "Own it? What am I doing? Yeah, what am I doing? Right? This is great. Like, yeah, people right? know me. Like, what? Am, why am I complaining? You're I an icon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah. yeah, it's like I get used to it once in a while. Like, you know, I mean, I don't have the name Al Bundy. When people yell, hey, no talent, Jizbag. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> Are you adding a new spot to your tour, that uh, that town in, uh, in Florida? Yeah, I am. The old people tour. Yeah. Exactly. No one makes it out alive tour. <laughs> All right, listen, this uh, was no, a lot of fun, man. February you're... 10th, Huntington, New York. That's when you're going to be there. Thank Is you, that when you're going to be there? Yeah, next year. Hey, come on. We'll talk about it next year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I cute, cute, cute. I fucking can't on that note. Uh, All whoa, right. whoa. All right. All right. Well, is Matt invited to the show? I hate no, these buttons no, blow. No. It's like me on a clip. Nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, hitting the, is that you feel right. anything? No, we're, I don't. We're disgusted. We're disgusted. We're just disgusted. I apologize. Wait, is, what, what, you, Andrew's going to jump out the fucking window. I am pretty powerful. Thank you, Andrew. This was great. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank very you much so much for the last five, ten minutes of this show. <laughs> we're just babbling on. Goodbye, Andrew, guys. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating handfuls of thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag, 
taking a bite out of an irresistibly bold block of extra sharp cheddar cheese. <sighs> we know you want to get back to streaming, but wasn't it nice to daydream about cheese for a bit? Tillamook Cheddar. Extraordinary Dairy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.